Most holy Lord, you alone are worthy of my praise. O holy Lord, most holy Lord, with all of my heart, I, with my heart I sing, great are you, Lord. Preston Crest. We are glad that you are here. My name is Mike Pipkin. I'm one of our elders here at Preston Crest. If you're in person, we're glad you're here. If you're joining us virtually, as many are and have been for uh, a while, we're glad that you're joining us as well. If you would take this opportunity to check in, uh, text the word check in to the phone number that's in front of you. If you're here, you can use your phone and the camera function on the, uh, to, to scan the barco barcode, barcode on the card uh, that is in the pew back in front of you. That tells us uh, that you're here, that gets you a copy, a latest copy of our bulletin, uh, and, and just gets you completely up to date on everything that's going on here at Preston Crest. If you are a visitor, we are especially glad that you're here. Please, please register, let us know about your presence. And if you're a first time visitor, uh, if you would fill out the card that's in front of you, take it to the information center at the back. We've got a special gift for you there. Um, also, just want to remind everybody as we go into this new year that uh, if you text the, the word ME to Preston Crest, that's going to get you a lot of information. The church directory in your hand. What, what was the, what's the face with the name? It, it's right literally there in your hand, and it's so, so handy. That's also a great thing for you to be able to do if you need to get prayer requests to the elders. The elders meet every Monday night. We're meeting tomorrow night at 7. And one of the first things that we do every single week is, is begin our time in prayer, praying over the members of our congregation. And so if you've got a prayer request, please take that opportunity to text that to us so we can pray over you on Monday night and then throughout the rest of the week. Uh, we do, uh, before we go to our Father in prayer, I want to bring to your attention uh, our brother Eric Tarpley. Uh, Eric uh, suffered a fall at his home uh, yesterday evening and resulted in a broken leg and a broken hand. He's hospitalized at Medical City Plano right now. 
And so we are definitely going to be praying for Eric, as well as Lauren, Nolan, uh, Beckett, and Willa. Uh, as he's, he was, as you may recall, he's recovering from a hip replacement surgery in November. So this is certainly a setback for him. And we want to, we want to keep him in our prayers, uh, especially to lift his spirits as this recovery continues. Let's go ahead and, and begin our time in worship in prayer. <clears throat> Dear God in heaven, we are so blessed to be called your children. We are so blessed that you loved us so much that you sent your son to live on this earth, to teach lessons that could be carried throughout the generations, that could be captured in the words of writers guided by the Holy Spirit that we today can have in our hands and have in our pockets to carry that good news wherever we go. Lord, we are thankful for the opportunity to bring our brothers and sisters before you in prayer during times of need. Right now, we do that for our brother Eric Tarpley as he recovers from his broken leg and broken hand. Lord, be with him and with the doctors that are tending to him that uh, the right decisions can be made to, to get him to where he can continue his recovery. Lord, be with Lauren as she tends to Eric and takes care of him and be with Nolan and Beckett and Willa as they help out as well. Lord, we just love on that on the Tarpley family. We love them so much. Lord, we also want to lift up Jim Collins, the father of our brother Sean Collins, who's continuing to, to deal with COVID pneumonia. Uh, it's been a difficult few weeks for for Jim and we just ask your 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 we ask for a prayer of healing uh, to wash over him, to bring him back to full health, and to be with Sean and Elizabeth and Abby as they continue to, to support Jim and to support Sean as he's up in Oklahoma. Lord, we continue to pray for Crosby O'Dell as she's recovering from her respiratory issues, a little newborn baby. And Lord, we, we lift up Denise Powell uh, at the loss of her sister, Dana Abbott, as well. Lord, we are just thankful that we can come before you with prayer for our loved ones. Lord, you've made us responsible to share the good news about Jesus. And we can do that, Lord, with the way we live our lives because of the spirit that's living within us. But Lord, we, we know that we are responsible for sharing the good news with others, not just by the way we live, but by sharing the story of Jesus. And as we near the Telling the Story conference that we're gonna be having here in just a few weeks, Lord, we ask your blessing on that conference. We ask your blessing on all of us that we can be here and to learn about how we can share the good news and how we can spread the gospel throughout this world and grow your church. Because Lord, we all want to be with you when the time comes that this, this time on earth ends. And, have, and we make our way into heaven. We are just so thankful for your perfect plan and help us to, to enable others to grow closer to you so that they can spend eternity with you with, uh, forever. Lord, we ask that you bless our time in worship. Be with John Scott, be with Gordon. Bless our time today. And it's through, our, through your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yeah. Hear the word of the Lord. From Psalm chapter 31, verses 23 and 24. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him. 
but the proud he pay back, pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Let's continue our time in worship this morning. Amen. Thanks, Mike. Church, let's stand and let's, uh, let's sing this morning. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God. to sing one more song as we enter into our time of communion. And then Nick Scott is going to come and lead us around the bread. 
and around the cup. Let's sing together. Ladies, start.
Good morning. You've heard the sayings, you are what you eat, and maybe even you are what you continue to eat. Perhaps some of your New Year's resolutions are to not be what you continue to eat. But have you heard you are what you repeat? This one rings true for me as I move in and out of my day in a fashionably repetitive routine. And sometimes I wish that routine would sink in for my kids. Brush your teeth, comb your hair, make your bed, clean your room. But repeating ourselves is kind of a funny thing. So often it's to not do something, and other times it's to, hey, don't forget to do this. But many of the reminders are simply because we aren't listening. But when our Lord tells us to do something in remembrance of me and gives us the example to follow, the importance of that reminder becomes pretty clear. Luke tells us that the first believers devoted themselves to breaking bread, and they did so on the first day of the week. They followed the example that Jesus set at the Passover meal. And Jesus says, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this, divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out to you, is the new, is the new covenant in my blood. Just as it was then, today is the first day of the week. This time we spend now is our time to break bread together. And we do this every week, but it's not a repetitive display of motions, just warning us not to do this or not to do that. But rather here, we are what we repeat. This is, hey, don't forget my sacrifice and don't forget my suffering. Do this in remembrance of me. We repeat this meal every week to remind us of who we are and we are Christ's body. Let's not forget and let's rejoice that his kingdom will come. Let's pray. Father, as we approach your table this morning, we, we do seek your kingdom. We pray that you will reveal yourself more to us each day. As we break this bread, we remember Christ's broken body. And we remember the suffering that he endured. And we remember that he gave his life so that we can have ours. We pray, Father, that our lives will honor that sacrifice. And that um, we're grateful for this communion. Father, we are so grateful. And we are so thankful that you love us. And so much so that you gave your son for us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.
Let's pray. Father, once again, as we approach, uh, we take this cup and we remember the blood that was shed on the cross. We again remember that sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And it is that sacrifice uh, that we have eternal life. Father, again, we thank you so much for loving us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. of ways that you can give to uh, further God's work in this place. You can give online. You can drop uh, your offering in the, in the box in the center of the foyer. We're so thankful that we finished strong this past year. So thank you, church, for your generosity. Thank you for your generosity with Thanksgiving food for, for needy families, for, for Christmas toys for children. Uh, thank you for being so generous. We are in a season still of giving and a season of being busy. Uh, we've got, we had a group of guys this morning, I don't know if you saw them, that were ready to go down to Huntsville for the prison ministry. They're going to preach the gospel inside the prison down there in Huntsville. And I know uh, at, at at a point this year, a couple of you guys were looking to, to join them. The state had said, hey, we're full right now. Well, that has opened back up. Clay said he can take a couple of more guys down there. Sorry, ladies. 
Maybe there's going to be a women's ministry and women's prison open up because of this. But yeah, this is for the guys. They won't let women into the men's, pen, men's penitentiary. But uh, Clay said he's got room for a couple of more guys to get signed up to be in the system. And once you're approved and in the system, then he can take so many, an X number of guys down each, uh, each quarter. And that's what they did this morning. So we're going to pray for them. And uh, then you'll watch a video about giving you a little bit more information about the upcoming conference in February. Let's bow and pray. Father God, thank you for opportunities to serve, to, to go and to serve, to go into places that are uncomfortable and to serve. And Father, thank you for the team that Clay Short leads every quarter to not just share the gospel with men, but to share your love, Jesus, with these men who at this point in their lives may not have a lot of hope. Thank you. Thank you for these men willing to serve. Father, thank you for opportunities. And Father, I pray for our upcoming conference. I pray for telling the story. I pray that we learn new ways to share our story, your story. That's our prayer. Thank you for this church. Thank you for using us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's watch a little bit more about telling the story. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Telling the story is full of opportunities and activities. It all begins Friday evening, February the 3rd at 7 p.m. with Brother Shelton Gibbs III from the Greenville Avenue Church of Christ bringing us a powerful message. And John Scott Davis will also lead us in some inspiring, uplifting worship as he always does. Saturday morning, coffee and donuts will be served at 8.15 a.m. and classes will officially convene at 9 o'clock a.m. and they will run all the way until 4 o'clock p.m. Saturday evening, a catered dinner will be served from Babe's Chicken. And on Sunday morning, February the 5th, Bruce McClarty, former president of Harding University, will be preaching both morning services. And we will also repeat five classes on Sunday morning that were offered on Saturday, just in case you missed them or if you want to hear them again. Go to www.pressandcrest.org backslash story. A website has been created just for the conference. Scroll to the bottom of the page where you can find all of the classes, teachers and bios, room locations, and meeting times. You can also register for dinner and child care if you promise to pick up your children when the conference is over. We have tried to think of everything that you might need, but what we need from you now is to register, but more importantly, to come to be blessed and to be encouraged. We hope to see you February 3rd through the 5th, 2023 for the Telling the Story Church Growth and Evangelism Conference here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, if you haven't uh, already registered for that, please do. Please do. It's going to be fantastic. And, and there's people coming here, and so it would be great if... If the home church showed up and, and we're here to host that. So, hey, we've also got a chili cook-off coming up next Sunday night. Lisa, get, your, get, get it ready. Get it ready. 
Y'all, we need to we need to take down the champion, or maybe not. Maybe we just let her keep keep winning and and uh, and eat her chili. All right. So yeah, next Sunday night we're going to have a, a devotional time in here, and then we'll break and and enjoy some good food together. Men's breakfast coming up Saturday, January twenty first. No sign ups for this. Y'all just come. I, we always have more than we can eat, so that's always a good thing. And, well, maybe not, but it is for me. Uh, we're going to have a big breakfast. So bring your neighbors, bring your friends. This is such a great time. Gordon's going to share with us that Saturday morning, a great way to start your Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, January 21st. Financial peace, also getting fired up. I don't know that I've got a slide for that. Sorry about that. Um, but our, our finance deacons and their wives facilitate that discussion, and that's getting started. There it is. Hot dog. Thank you, Robert. Oh, I forgot to mention on the chili cook-off, Mike and Jenny Kern, Darren and Marla Hughes. Those are your contact points for the chili cook-off. Go sign up. We always need help setting up and cleaning up and all that business. Hey, we're glad you're here this morning. Let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. And we'll sing one more, and then Gordon's going to come share with us. All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem, and from him are everybody. Good to see you guys here and got some special guests here as well. Steve Holiday in the house. Good to see Steve. Uh, he's here blessing us again. Longtime friend of mine in this church and he's blessing the young couples uh, this weekend. And I'm going to head over to your class after service and uh, see what you got to say because it's always good. It's always challenging. Good to have you with us. Uh, I, hey, I want to give a shout out to Noah McGugh. He's in, uh, in Florida at a kicking competition and that kid kicks like a Missouri mule, let me tell you. Uh, he plays soccer and his team that he captains won an international tournament in Denmark, but this is football, American football kicking, and he's really good. He's won a bunch of awards and stuff. If you want me to brag on your kid, just send me the information. I'm happy to do that. Um, need to give a 12% tithe, though. 10% doesn't cut it to get that service. Um, 
no, it's good to be here. Hey, I, adult, I was just thinking, I was talking to John Scott this week, adulting, you know, it's, it's not all, all that fun, and our refrigerator icebreaker uh, melts down, <laughs> no pun intended, for the umpteenth time. You guys have troubles with your ice makers on your fridges? What's the deal with those these days? But anyway, it, it's a relatively new fridge. It's always breaking down. Isla sends me the, the estimate, and I'm like, how about we go to those trays? You know, the old trays that you put in there. And I would mention the brand, but that would seem petty and indulgent. So on another unrelated matter, I would just say as the weather warms up, and I know a lot of you guys like to do boating and stuff if you're on a stream, if you're on a river, and you see, uh, you know, this vortex of water in front of you. What's that called? That swirling water? Yeah, a whirlpool, you're going to want to avoid the whirlpool or at least have an extended warranty on your boat, okay? So just PSA on that stuff. Uh, but hey, I'm excited about what we're going to start doing today, and I've been working on this a long time. I hope it connects with you, but I've been praying about this, and I believe God has a word for us in this series, Walking in Wisdom. Imagine you have a friend who has survived eating only Doritos and ding-dongs for an entire year. That friend would not be the picture of health and vitality, would they? Uh, and if that diet continues, it is likely that your friend is not going to be around all that much longer. And that may seem preposterous, that kind of ridiculous diet. I mean, seriously, who would consume only junk food? But what if I told you it is, it is possible, perhaps even likely, that some of us have exactly that diet not literally, but in terms of information consumption, in terms of the information that we feed ourselves. So when it comes to our information diets, um, what we consume from the television, from the internet, it's, it's junk food and, oh, it tastes so good. It's incredibly addictive. So if the general public like lived on ding-dongs and Doritos, you would expect some sort of generalized public health crisis, right? Well, what if the general public lived on an informational diet like that? Well, we would expect to see a spiritual and intellectual public health crisis around us. And over the next few weeks, I do think that's what we're seeing, and over the next few weeks in the Walking in Wisdom series, we are going to unpack what is going on in our cultural moment in time and how we can grow wise when the current of culture is not going that direction. There is hope. I mean, just as we can choose what we feed ourselves and put into our physical bodies, and we can get suddenly, remarkably healthier and stronger, we can do the same thing with choosing what we put into our minds and into our spirits, and we can grow stronger and we can grow healthier. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 to 7. About a dozen passage in Proverbs that sound a lot like this. Wisdom is very important to God, and so he's constantly shining a spotlight on it. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her. 
and she will watch over you, though it cost all you have, get understanding. Accept no substitutes. Pursue this 100% the Word of God says. And so we're going to spend some focused time looking for wisdom, looking to build wise or wiser habits into our lives. And along the way, we will, of course, be identifying some sources of spiritual, intellectual junk food that we have become addicted to. Perhaps without even knowing it, it's doing us much harm. Okay. In 2017, Tony Reinke wrote this book about our relationship to our smartphones, and it's an interesting book, and probably that's a good place to start with this relationship we have with our phones this morning. He talks about how our smartphones are changing us without us even knowing it. He says quietly and subtly we are becoming different people because of our phones and he catalogs a number of the changes that have happened and some of them are really pretty obvious kinds of changes that I think we can all go, yeah, that's happened. Like for example, we've grown more and more distracted Hopefully you haven't checked your phone since I started preaching this morning, but it's possible you have. We have grown more and more distracted. We check our smartphones 85,000 times a year or once every 4.3 minutes. And honestly, I read that and I thought, since 2017, I suspect that number has gone up. We've become a hazard, literally, to other people. Texting and driving make us 23 times more likely to get in a car accident We've become approval addicts. Each social media moment is another scene in our incessant autobiography. We've come to idolize celebrity. Our attention drifts from the eternal toward the latest headlines and gossip. We've become lonely. Technology is drawing us apart by design We feel the sting of loneliness in the middle of online connectedness. We talked a little about this last week. We've gotten lost in the digital noise. It's just information overload. The average daily social media and email output is larger than the Library of Congress. We lose track of time. The wonder of people, plants, and nature, even God himself, gets lost in the whirl of quote-unquote urgent notifications. And so while technology is making us shallower, more impatient, less connected with each other and with God, it's interesting. Modern technology is a thing for us, but the problem itself is not new at all. Uh, Back in the 1800s, Henry David Thoreau wrote much about what he saw going on in the America of his time. He railed against people's fascination with headlines and gossip columns and always needing the latest tidbit of information and how he believed it was ruining people's minds. This is what he wrote. He's a smart guy, so I forgive. This is kind of a smart quote. Uh, Some of these words are kind of, for a guy from Missouri, a little bit much. But hey, 
If we have thus desecrated ourselves, and who has not, the remedy will be by wariness and devotion to re-consecrate ourselves. I love this next part. We should treat our minds, that is, ourselves, as innocent and ingenuous children whose guardians we are whose guardians we are, and be careful what objects and what subjects we thrust on their attention. Read not the times, read the eternities. Folks in his day were so consumed with the times, and he's making a reference to newspapers there, reading the gossip column in the times or the headlines in the times, they had checked out on the eternal. So Thoreau noticed something. People around him had kind of resigned their role as curators of their own minds. They just had a free flow of all sorts of ideas and information into their heads. And what was going on was they were filling their spirits and their minds with the trivial. But even then in the 1800s, That wasn't new. This problem has been going on for thousands of years, well before smartphones, well before uh, before newspapers. It was still an issue humanity faced. The internet, sort of, of the ancient world, you could say was kind of like the Areopagus in Athens, Greece. It's a location sometimes called Mars Hill, just below the Parthenon, uh, where all the latest ideas got discussed. And if you didn't have a brand new latest idea, they weren't interested in listening to you. I got to visit this exact spot several weeks ago in Athens. Very hard to see David and I. I'm wearing a green shirt there. Isla is actually on the Parthenon, like a quarter of a mile away, taking this picture and she was having his way. We were talking on the cell phone and stuff. But there we are at the Areopagus, me and David. Um, And so here's how Luke, our friend, this medical doctor who wrote this gospel in the New Testament, here's how Luke describes what went on on this giant rock in the middle of Athens. He said, Acts 17, 21, all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. FOMO, fear of missing out. It's not just a thing today. It was going on. Tell me what's new. I don't want to be the one who's left out on this. And just as our modern minds are trained to get dopamine hits from those notifications on our phone and our eyes constantly go wherever the news update is or the, or the notification goes. There were folks in ancient Athens at the Areopagus who were constantly filling their heads with whatever was new. And we won't get into that whole, I mean, Paul preached a sermon there. It's an amazing sermon. Won't get into all of that message this morning. But the setup that Paul gives us to that cultural moment, I think, is really interesting and helpful. Acts 17 again. Now, Paul, while Paul was waiting at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was, was what? Full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue 
with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him. Some said, what does this babbler wish to say? Others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he's preaching Jesus and the resurrection. They took him and they brought him to the Areopagus saying, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. Uh, For you bring some strange things to our ears. Uh, We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. And then that quote, now all the Athenians and the foreigners who live there spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. Um, Man, so we're told there were Epicurean philosophers, there were Stoic philosophers. Think the entire spectrum of ideas and philosophies of the day. Epicureans, of course, were after pleasure. The goal of life is the pursuit of pleasure. If you enjoy it, do it. Drink it. Eat it. The Stoic philosophers are on the other side of the spectrum. They believe that the meaning of life is found in self-discipline and self-denial. And so you had all of these people gathered to hear something new from this babbler. They wanted to hear more about it. They were curious. Verse 18, he's, he's a babbler. He's got a new teaching. Verse 19, and of course, they had to hear all about it. And so in some ways, yeah, this was kind of like the internet of the ancient world. What's the new thing? What's trending? Tell me something I haven't heard. So as we lay out our journey to wisdom over the next few weeks, we need to look in the mirror and consider how we read the times and ignore the eternities. Turning back to us. What's the problem with our information diet, with our data consumption? Brett McCracken wrote a book, an excellent book called The Wisdom Pyramid. I'll go to this book a few times during the series, but I'm going to paraphrase some ideas he gave us about our information diet and what's wrong with it. Uh, Here are three central ideas. Informational gluttony. More, more, more perpetual novelty, make it new, make it different, and then the you-do-you mentality. So let's talk about that informational gluttony. You know, that's, that's a huge dietary problem when it comes to eating. Eating too much is not good. Uh, eating too much makes you sick. And nothing defines our moment in time, our internet age, like information overload. We get hammered with data every single day from notifications on our phones to 24-hour news channels, beeps about emails on our computers. Um, Some of the information is important, right? Absolutely. Much of the information isn't, but it's all given free rent up here in our heads, okay? Uh, McCracken wrote, I love this, in the competitive landscape of the digital age, the food of information is not getting more nutritious. It's veering in the direction of junk food. Doritos and Skittles will always get more clicks than spinach. <laughs> Man, 
We live in a time of informational gluttony, and that works against us becoming wiser. Now, perpetual novelty, that second thing that he talked about. Like those philosophers in Athens, there is a thirst, an unquenchable thirst for whatever is new, different, recent. Uh, And what's kind of a defining thing about the internet age? Speed. No one wants less bandwidth. Everyone wants more. Everyone wants faster internet speeds. We choose our providers. We pay more based on that. We want our information and we want our entertainment and we want it delivered to us more and more quickly. Your favorite apps, your favorite websites, news sources, games, social media, they know that more lag time means a higher chance that you are going to log out or go somewhere else. They don't want that. So there is great interest in keeping you on that platform as long as possible. They want you, therefore, to consume more and more and more quickly, Um, Eating too much, we talked about that. Eating too much can make you ill. So can eating too fast. Uh, Throwing down that burger and fries on the way home, it may satisfy your hunger, but it's not going to help your body. Now the truth is, the warp speeds of the new information superhighway, this craving for perpetual novelty that's been cultivated within us, It's not making us wiser. Finally, the you-do-you mentality. As I'm working on the message uh, this week, I'm, I'm in spin class on Thursday, and I see on one of the TVs on the wall, they've got this morning show from one of our local DFW channels. It's about 9 o'clock in the morning. Some of you may actually tune into this one. It's called Yes to You. That's the name of the show. Yes to you. You do you. Yes to you. Find what makes you happy. Follow your heart. These are the mantras that go without being questioned, essentially, in our current moment. Taking the back seat to you do you and yes to you, taking the back seat are the experts, are the authorities that throughout history historically held so much influence in our lives. Our teachers, our scientists, our older family members, our, our ministers, religious leaders, these are now often seen as secondary at best, but oftentimes even seen as obstacles to, to our journeys towards self-discovery. It's really an interesting moment we're living through, folks. Now, going back to the diet metaphor So it's not healthy to eat too much. It's not healthy to eat too fast. Neither is it healthy to eat only what you want to eat, okay? Want to know what tastes good to me? What tastes good to me is nachos with ground beef and a pile of melted cheese on top. Oh, yeah, and a, a salted caramel milkshake from Liberty Burger. That stuff tastes really good to me. But if I had a diet solely based on those things that I crave, then I'd end up in the hospital. 
I'd be so sick. And you see the parallel, right, to the you-do-you mentality when I'm just following my own inner voice, uh, my own happiness, then I end up consuming only the information and the ideas which taste good to me, which appeal to me, and I ignore the other stuff. That's not a mentality where wisdom flourishes. It's a hall of mirrors where I always look inward and where spiritual growth is stunted. Okay, so this is a setup for the series. In the weeks to come, we're going to explore wisdom. We're going to consider the sources of wisdom like that food pyramid you remember from elementary school. Um, there are some important foundational parts of that pyramid like the scripture like the community of faith, but there are others like art and literature and beauty and even social media. Um, and we're going to learn um, that, that some of the sources of wisdom are, are amazing and we need to just bring and bring and bring. Others require, while they may have some good stuff or some, some helpful tips or things, they need greater filtering. And so we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about what should be the cornerstone of our diet and what probably shouldn't be the cornerstone of our information consumption. For us, as we, as we turn our eyes to Jesus here this morning, for us, he is the cornerstone of our wisdom diet. He is the one that we give our full hearts and minds the attention of our spirits to. As Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1.24, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Read that with me if you would. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. As our rabbi, as our Lord, he is the one we invite in. And we've been doing that this morning as we've prayed to him, as we've worshiped in his name. We invite him in to shape us every day in every way on our journey to be more like him, our journey towards wisdom. Jesus powers us. Jesus informs us. He shapes us. He is our power. He is our wisdom. He is our alpha. He is our omega, our beginning, our end. And when it comes to our spiritual diet, you want to talk about cornerstone, Jesus is, for me, for us, he is our bread of life. This morning, if you want to give your life to Christ, we would love to help you with that. That is an incredibly important step on your journey. You can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior being baptized in his name. This morning, if you just need prayers, we are a praying church. We would love to circle up with you. you come down and pray with me or Mike or, or pray with somebody around you this morning and intercede on behalf of that individual. It could be a success that you're celebrating or a struggle that you're wrestling with. We want to pray about all things going on in in our lives. Maybe you just want to know more about becoming a member of this family. We would love to have you as part of our family here at Preston Crest. Uh, we believe you are made by God, you are important, and you have things to offer us, and I think we have things to offer you. So let's come together. We'd love to have you join us here at Preston Crest. Talk to us about that. Right now, though, 
Let's lift up Jesus. Let's tell the Lord what we think about him as we sing his praises. Let's stand together. This is my desire to so much, Gordon. Looking forward to that series on wisdom. Uh, John Scott, I called it a bit of an audible this morning. Uh, I do want to remind you before I, I turn it over to, to Nicholas here, again, please sign up for the Telling the Story conference. Plan to be here for as much of it as you can, February 3rd, 3rd through 5th. It's going to be so enriching and rewarding for all of us uh, to be able to, to be here for that. LTC, Leadership Training for Christ, begins uh, tonight. I know that our third graders and brand new third graders all the way up through our seniors are ready to begin studying the book of Matthew. Matthew. I think I knew it was a, I knew it was a gospel. It's the book of Matthew. This is Nicholas Scott. His dad uh, led our uh, led our communion thoughts this morning. And Nicholas, you're doing LTC, right? And he can handle audibles because, you know, if I, if I said a letter to you, you probably could tell me the verse that you've memorized with that letter, couldn't you? I won't test you there. I won't test you there. You'll do it upstairs for candy, right? Yeah, maybe. Okay. But Nicholas is going to, uh, many of our young men over the next several weeks are going to be coming up here and uh, reading scripture for you all as part of LTC. Uh, so Nicholas may be knocking that, uh, checking that box right now just on a mo a moment's notice. So Nicholas, if you would, uh, they're going to put a scripture up on the screen. You can either read it, read it from down there or read it up here. But Nicholas, if you could read that scripture for us. Get wisdom and understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over to you. Through is cost all you have, get understanding. Excellent job. Thank you all for being here. We uh, look forward to seeing you all in class and, uh, and a return. Go in peace. Good job.